0: This is the All Markets Summit podcast from Yahoo Finance. Please welcome
1: Jen Rogers with Anu Dougal, Banu Guler, Susan Line, and K.J. Miller.
2: Welcome. This is the Founders Panel. And I have, we got two VCs and we have two founders. And Susan, I want to start with you because VCs are in the business of making money. And recently, we've seen this trend of investing in women. How did you come to the value proposition that investing in women would make you money?
3: Yeah, well, it starts with a very simple premise, which is that women are the dominant consumer. We're responsible for 83% of all consumer purchases. Um, And so as more and more women started becoming entrepreneurs, and this started really, um, I would say, this new wave of a uh, female founder started around 2010 mm-hmm. for technical reasons. There, there were tech advances that mm-hmm. that enabled it. We can talk about that. But once there were enough women who were building companies, we believed that they had a competitive advantage because they intuitively understood that dominant consumer. So, you know, if you understand what she needs, you understand how to talk to her, you understand where to find her, you're gonna have a, an easier shot to build a successful profitable company. So, um, Anu,
2: less than 2% of VC funding goes towards women. Do you think, I mean, is it as simple as, like, I'm a really good shopper, so I'm gonna know what people are gonna to wanna to buy? Is it, it, or, or what else is
1: in it? Yeah, so I mean, I think um, it's important to note that, you know, 2% sounds really dismal. But the reality is that, you know, we've actually been tracking institutional funding going towards women since 2013. And um, if you look at what's happened in the New York ecosystem, it's actually remarkable. So in 2013, there was one Series A round that was led by a female founder of five million. In 2018, there were 18 Series A rounds for a total of 150 million. So to give you a sense, you know, you're never going to hit those billion-dollar numbers if you're not starting at the Series A, which is, you know, when institutional capital comes into a company. Um, and I would say, secondly, you know, again, for New York, it's it's been a historic year in the sense that in the first half of this year, we've seen, for the first time ever, three female-founded unicorns, Glossier, Away, and Rent the Runway. So. I think that what these companies and this traction is demonstrating that, to Susan's point, there is a real opportunity behind investing in women that are building products and services that are catering to this female audience.
2: And before we get to our our two founders that actually have companies (laughs) and you guys have invested in them, Susan, just to go back to this idea that women are creating kind of products that they know about because they are the consumers. You know, my Instagram feed is full of, it's like, you know, custom shampoos and and bras. When is a woman, do you think, going to create the next Amazon or a platform out there? Is that something that you're starting to see, or is it really just percolating in the consumer space? No,
3: and I... I see it all the time. I think we all see it all the time. We invested in a company called Modsy that has extraordinary technology. Um, It uses computer vision and 3D technology to allow you to see home furnishings in your own space perfectly. So it looks exactly as if this was in your living room, your bedroom. Um, I think you're gonna see a lot more of that. There are plenty of women who are coming out of now um, uh, data science programs coming out of computer vision programs coming out of of traditional computer science, but I think as AI becomes more prevalent and and as more and more women go through these programs, the the real I think shift has been that there are so many women now who are coming out of, whether it's B-School, out of programs at major universities, out of companies where they have real sector expertise, and they're deciding that they want to start companies instead of join companies. And when that happens, they are always problem solvers, right? They are people who see an opportunity, see something that doesn't work, and they're gonna fix it. So yes, we're gonna see a lot of it.
2: Uh, So, KJ, let's
0: start with you and what problem you are trying to solve. Absolutely. So my company is called Minted Cosmetics. Minted is short for pigmented. We are a pigment-first beauty brand celebrating all women and prioritizing women of color. And so the problem that we are solving for so many women is that we did not see ourselves in the world of beauty, and I think the reason you see so many women starting so many amazing consumer companies is because consumer products are the things we live in, we sleep in, we you know wake up in, we brush our teeth with. I mean, these, these, these are the products that, that we live and die by, and I think women understand these products in a deep way because, to Susan's point, we're often the ones buying them, not just for ourselves, but for our kids, and for our husbands, and for our parents. Um, and so I think you're seeing women tackle what is, in my opinion, just as big and just as important a universe of problems, which is what are the things that we live in and that make us feel more beautiful, make us feel more whole, make us feel more healthy. Uh,
2: So, I guess, so am I not being fair to this crop that's out there of um, sort of consumer brands? I don't know, like, you feel like this is the (laughs) end. I mean, Amazon
4: started as a bookseller. It didn't start as a global platform of web services, third-party e-com. it started somewhere, everything starts in one place because otherwise it's chaos approach and you're not going to get anything done. So
2: we have to have these products start small and then not just scale in what they're doing, but they can go much further than where they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would just add to that, You know, I think beyond consumer, you know, within our own portfolio, we have companies like Tala, which is a mobile lending platform um, that's really a huge team of data scientists that are generating algorithms that enable you to give credit scores to people, you know, millions of of unbanked um, consumers across the world. Maven Clinic, which again is a great example of, you know, women control a huge amount of spend in the healthcare industry, trillions. And so there hasn't really been products and services that cater to that female consumer. Um, so you know, whether you're selling into enterprise or selling directly to consumer, you're building you know, what I think is, is really going to be the future of healthcare from a female perspective. And to Banu's point, you have to start somewhere. Um, where you go beyond that, I think, is really exciting, but it's, it's too early to, to kind of um, pr- predict. So Banu, let's talk about what you're doing.
2: I mean, first of all, is, so uh, she's in the horoscope business. Is that fair to say? AI-powered astronomy. AI, there you go. Uh, But is it, I mean, it's not just for women. No, of course not. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about CoStar.
4: So CoStar is an AI-powered astrology app uh, that gives people real tools to have real conversations about real life. (laughs) Um, And it's a mix of women and men and people who are non-binary. But what I think is more important about it is that it's actually, uh, it gives you a language to talk about what's happening with you. Uh, Myers-Briggs is uh, the obvious parallel, something like 90% of Fortune 500 companies have significant spending on Myers-Briggs every year, which most psychologists debunk as corporate astrology. Um, Why? Because it works, right? Once you start talking about, oh, I'm an extrovert, you're an introvert. Mm I'm uh, more judging, you're more perceiving, you start to actually say, here's what's happening to me, or here's what's happening in my life. And I think that's incredibly powerful. But to your earlier point, yeah, you can say uh, a dinky little astrology app, or you can say, no, this is actually a new way to structure human connections, human intimacy using technology.
2: I love it you got to put go put in your birth date and the time i 'm waiting for the time I was born from my mother, <laughs> and then i 'll put that in and then i 'll be able to find out everything exactly uh, Have you guys all been watching the recent crop of iPOs that yes. have been yes. coming yeah. out with uh, as much interest as we have at Yahoo finance? I guess from the vantage point of where you yeah. sit, Susan, do you watch that and think? oh, boy, how are all these companies that I'm investing in going to exit? Or do you, do you not worry about it in that way?
3: No, I think the issue is that the, the VC markets, the private markets, were valuing different things in companies than it turns out public markets do, right? So they were valuing growth above everything else. And the companies like Lyft and Uber and WeWork mm-hmm. – uh, and a number of others uh, were, were growing at a staggering pace, but they were losing billions of dollars. And when they went public, the public said, I don't think I want to invest in this, right? I don't understand where this ends up. And uh, the companies we invest in, and I hate to make generalizations, but, but female founders tend to look at their businesses earlier right, and to make sure they are building a sustainable business. Um, it's definitely something we talk to our founders about a lot uh, because you never know when there's going to be a downturn and there isn't going to be all that capital out there to raise the next round. So you have to have some sense that you can continue to build this, continue to grow at a reasonable pace, um, but in a, a more profitable way. So I don't worry about it.
2: Um- Anu, anyway, I mean, as, as Susan said, like you don't want to generalize. But then you look <laughs> at these founders that are mostly guys, and you're like, what were they thinking? And who gave them all this money? Yeah. And who let their governance be like this? Yeah. I mean, would WeWork have happened under uh, under a guy? I mean, it's a great question.
1: Um, I
3: with a female With a female board. With a female
2: board. With a female yeah. founder. Like, yeah. how do you? Yeah. I mean, I again, we're, we are generalizing, but this is a. a it's about women that
1: we're discussing. Yeah. Uh, it must be something you think about. No, absolutely. I mean, I think this this would be a great point at which to appoint a female CEO and see what happens. I do think that, um, you know, if you look at whether it's Uber or Juul or WeWork, there's um, there's definitely some some patterns there, um, and and so I think that you know hopefully it's a lesson both to VCs. Mm-hmm. As well as to public markets, that to Susan's point, you know, the growth at all costs is just not sustainable. I know as it relates to our portfolio, what's really important for us from day one when we're looking at different business models is understanding, you know, if things were to get to a recession point, Mm -hmm. what would this business look like without paid marketing? Is there something that is inherently organically appealing to the customer base that um, that you, you don't have to go out and, and pay to acquire them? And so um, I think that's going to become more and more important as, um, as you see more examples of this. And with both of your startups, just looking at them,
2: um, word of mouth seems to be the, the best. Advertisement that you sure. can get. If you, uh, I just find like when I ride the subway, it's just one startup ad after another. <laughs> Do you think, um, KJ, that people are spending
0: too much on acquiring
2: their next customer, or is that just yeah. a necessary evil?
0: Um, I mean, I do think people are, are spending a bit too much on acquiring a customer, but I will just say to this, this conversation, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword, this idea that women do a better job of sort of like looking holistically at their business. The reality is most women don't get as much money to do what it is that they want to do. So maybe, you know, we've raised $4 million to date. At this point, a lot of my male founder friends like three years in have raised 12 million 15 million 20 million dollars and it's not because they're sol- solving some bigger problem than I am right I'm in beauty they're in coffee but they've <laughs> I don't think that's a much bigger problem but but they've raised a lot more money and because they've raised a lot more they can spend a lot more and spending money does get you the growth but then the sort of the the, the cycle happens where you're like well now that I'm growing at this clip I got to keep growing at this clip and the way I did it before was spending this money acquiring customers so now I've got to spend even more money acquiring customers and the IPO that I actually think about is Katrina Lin. Mm -hmm. who said at a wonderful event that Anu hosted, um, that one of the things that she had to learn how to do really early on was become capital efficient because people wouldn't give her the money, right? So I think it's sort of a chicken or egg problem. Are we naturally just that much better at looking at things holistically? Maybe, I'm I'm willing to believe that, but also I think we get less money so we learn to do more with less. So we don't spend a lot of money acquiring customers. If I had more money, would I spend more on it? Probably. Maybe we make the same mistakes Sarah, but you're shaking your head in agreement or that?
2: Maybe am I? Are we asking the wrong questions and setting it up as like this male versus female part? And there's a lot of other different elements that go into it.
4: I mean, definitely agree with a lot of what KJ just said. Also, I think the way people think about CAC versus LTV, the math just doesn't make sense on a fundamental level. And I think the fashion world has really learned this over the past decade, and it's something tech is just starting to understand that you know it's like crack cocaine—you can keep spending, but doesn't get better. It gets worse.
2: Now but that we've had a couple of washouts, do you think this whole staying private longer idea is going to fade out?
3: Do you think uh, we've had a washout or I, no? There's I just still too know. much. I think, look, there's, there's a ton of capital that's still out there looking for a home. So for a period of time, there is still going to be a lot of investment dollars out there. And, and that's largely what drove the uh, stay private longer mm-hmm. era um, but what I do think is happening is that a lot of of the VCS who have been pushing growth at all costs are rethinking that in a big way, and they're sending a very different message to their founders
2: uh, since the theme is generational opportunities, can I just real quick uh, and K.J., I'll just start with you going down here i mean is there you guys are different generations. Isn't yes, you are. in <laughs> your company. Is, is there? Do you get mentorship from somebody that isn't a digital native? Like, what can you get from Susan?
0: Oh, I mean, I get so much from Susan. Susan is Besides one of our money. investors. Um, but you know, I for me, I I consider myself a sponge. I've never built a business before. Susan has invested in dozens of businesses before, not to mention just being a boss in her own right. So if I were arrogant enough to think that I couldn't learn something from her just because like, I don't know, Facebook wasn't a thing when she was in college, that's the silliest, most nonsensical thing, you know, ever. So I learn from everyone and I seek out people I can learn from. So for me, the generation thing doesn't doesn't mean a lot, and it actually doesn't mean a lot for my business either. We have just as many 25-year-old customers as we do 65-year-old customers because we make a really great product that looks beautiful on you no, mat- no matter who you are.
4: Bono, I agree? Very much so. I mean, that, that's how learning happens. You learn from people younger, older. I learn from our 22-year-old social media manager every day. I also learn from our 40-year-old writer every day.
2: And Anna, would you invest in a boomer's company? In a what? In a
1: boomers' company? <laughs> oh ever? yes, yeah. Actually, I think it's a it's a really exciting space. I think it's a, a huge market that um, that has been underserved, and um, we're actually seeing a lot, um, a lot of interesting companies tackle different problems that that boomers face. Uh,
2: it, it's a hope for all of us, even if we're not twenty five. Uh, a new Dougal is the female founders fund. Uh, Banu Guler. Uh, co-star, co-founder, Susan Line, BBG Ventures, and K.J. Miller from Mented. Thank you all for a great conversation. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.